how were you maneuvering those relationships? Like, what did you think about relationships when you were younger? Like, stab in the dark, I got butterflies, so I'm going to date him. Like, what was for, your for me? It wasn't. It's something I talk about a lot with my spiritually single girls. But like, it was validation that led a lot for me. I I was not even. I didn't even care who the guy was. I didn't even hold myself when I was young. I didn't hold myself to like a. I hold myself to the standard. I deserve X, Y, and Z. It was like, oh, if you gave me attention and you think I'm hot and you think I'm pretty and you then like, oh, I must be. I didn't love myself nearly enough to recognize that the validation I was seeking, I could very much do on my own and then hold my standards to the person I'm looking forward to the next degree. I, I was like really seeking. So Caitlin Herman, as you see on the screen right now, she describes herself as 90% love and light and 10% go screw yourself. Caitlin is the host, one of them, of the Quarter Life Crisis podcast, also available on all streaming podcasts. Is it just two of you now? Because I know it used to be three. It is. Oh, okay. (laughs) It's just two of us now. Yeah. Okay. All right. No shade. No shade. It's just two of us. Gotcha. Um, well, it's good. I'm, I'm still loving it. Yeah. Um, you are a New Yorker, a New Yorker. Ma'am. Yeah. Who lived in LA life for a few years. You were in LA. Yeah. And true to LA fashion, you wound up on a reality show. True. <laughs> um, and I'm sure we'll get into that. But most importantly, you are, you have worked on yourself. You're continuing the journey. You have grown a lot since your reality show days. Uh, and you're now a certified life coach. And you actually write on your website, we all have a purpose. And at, are you still 25 or had you had a No, I'm 26 now. 26, 26. You're lucky enough to have found your purpose. Whether yeah. you're 23 or 63, Caitlin will help you navigate your life to find that purpose. So I recently met you because social media, <laughs> that's how people meet, right? Like, So it's so great. Yeah, yeah. And one day you just reached out to me. I don't even know why. Well, I guess because you wanted me to come uh, on your platform, Mm -hmm. uh, which is spiritually single. But how did you find me? I don't even think I ever asked you that. I don't remember. I think um, I was looking up like single girl, like single coach. I was just looking up some hashtag and then I just started going into a, a large stalking of your page. You showed up and then I was like, oh, I really like her. And that was it. Yeah, and you're like, we're, I'm, you're my friend. You're a girl. I like you. I'm gonna. Call yeah, you. it was really that simple in my head. I was like, now I just need to convince her that like I'm also cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I obviously um, was honored to be on your platform, and now I'm honored that you have decided to come on my platform. Happy where, to be here. Yeah, where we talk about being single and the beauty in being single, because I know that you find um, beauty in that as well. But before we even get to that, let's talk about some cliff notes of your life. Like obviously we don't have we don't have 10 years to go through the past 26 years of Caitlin's life. But obviously I know that you're from New York. So talk about that. Talk about New York. How was the snowstorm? Um, okay, snowstorm is just the worst, like the literal worst. I picked a really good time to move back to New York, right? Like I, I just got here like three months ago, and I'm like, why did I, why did I do this again? But to give a very quick cliff note version to my life and how I've come here, is my audio okay? Yeah, it's perfect. Okay. Yeah. Um, long story short, 
I grew up in a very um, beautiful town on Long Island, New York, predominantly Jewish community and didn't grow up with like a lot of spiritual influences, but always felt like very drawn to that kind of path. Um, went to college for music industry, thought I was going to be like a huge big time music agent. Once I graduated and got into that industry, I realized how corrupt it was and full of like narcissistic, misogynistic men. And I was like, I can't be doing this yeah. again. Um, another long story short, I kind of had this spiritual awakening. I started getting into self-help books and stuff like that, which I had never been privy to before. And I just decided, you know what? I, I think I want to go for my life coaching certification. I ended up applying for a program. I got accepted and quit my job in the middle of all of that. And then became certified, moved to LA and said, this feels like the right thing to do. I decided in four weeks, leave my boyfriend, my friends, my family behind, go to LA. Because truly, honestly, LA seemed like a better place for the life coach type of situation. New York was not in 2017, not ready for any of that yet. So I moved to LA and then found out that there was an open casting call for my favorite reality show and simply went just because I was like, oh, that's very Hollywood. Like I want to be able to tell my friends and family that like I'm doing something Hollywood in LA. I did not go out there to act or be on a reality show, but like I had to get myself out of the box and just go and they never stopped calling me. I ended up on the show and had a lot of very traumatic experiences that came from that. My boyfriend broke up with me in front of America before I knew about it because the show, you don't have your phone, you don't have anything. I had to deal with that. I had to deal with a lot of trauma, a lot of self-growth, a lot of realizations. One thing I will tell you, Rika, when you're on TV, it is like the biggest blessing in a way because you're able to rewatch yourself and recognize the things that are like so wrong about you. Um, so that was my biggest gift truly. And there's been a lot of growth. There's been a lot of boyfriends since then, even though it's been only three years ago and life's great. Like we're just all evolving here. And that's, that's my situation. Yeah. Like I said, at 26, you've already lived three lives. (laughs) No, yeah. I'm a full grown adult. Right. 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 So I want to talk about, I think it's funny that you moved to LA for the life coaching when everybody does move for like, I'm going to be an actress. I'm going to be the next whatever. Um, that's interesting because now it's 20, uh, 2021, right? Or did we transition? Yes, we did. Okay. Yeah, we're in 21. Right. 2021 now and everything is online. Like I have clients that do not live in Washington state at all. Yeah. Um, so are you finding it okay that you're back in New York? Yeah. So the the funny thing is that my clientele was never in person. It was always online. It was yeah. the energy for me. And I just felt like I was from New York. I was raised in New York. I went to college in New York. All of my friends were in New York. And at that point, no one understood really what I was doing. It was very strange, in, including for my family. Like I had friends and all these people. It's like, you just graduated college. You went for this. Yeah. And now you're like, and in 2017, like no one knew it. Now, thank God, we are like, we are, 2021 is our time, girl. Like people are loving the coaches and all that stuff, but that just wasn't the case back then. So the only reason why I actually went to LA is because I felt like it was more accepted. I felt like there was more of that wellness energy out there that I wanted to surround myself with. But I had always had clientele via Zoom to begin with. So um now, luckily, it doesn't matter where I am energetically because I feel like I've really 
I'm in a different place and I don't. Right. Yeah. 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 And, and um, before we, we close out and we have a while, I'll pull up your website because I know you have your um, uh, defunct your, yourself um, out there and stuff. And, yeah. and I want to talk about that, but I want to go back. Okay. Let's take talk it, about take it back. when you were little, did anybody ever have conversations with you about what makes a healthy relationship versus an unhealthy relationship? Please, absolutely not. No. Right. Right. And so when you were younger, even when you were on Big Brother and you're dating these people and when, when did you start dating? First of all, um, do you remember? Like when was the first guy? Like senior year of high school, I was like dating. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Beginning of college. And how were you maneuvering those relationships? Like, what did you think about relationships when you were younger? Like, well, stabbed in the dark, I got butterflies, so I'm going to date him. Like, what was for, your For back? me, it wasn't. It's something I talk about a lot with my spiritually single girls, but, like, it was validation that led a lot for me. I, I was not even, I didn't even care who the guy was. I didn't even hold myself when I was young. I didn't hold myself to, like, a... I hold myself to the standard. I deserve X, Y, and Z. It was like, oh, if you gave me attention and you think I'm hot and you think I'm pretty and you think I'm the shit, then like, oh, I must be. I didn't love myself nearly enough to recognize that the validation I was seeking, I could very much do on my own and then hold my standards to the person I'm looking forward to the next degree. I I was like really seeking. Yeah, yeah. And if you ever see me looking down, it's because I'm taking notes. Um, oh, no, yeah, you're fine. I always tell everybody when they either listen to my podcast or watch it live here on Facebook, bring a notebook. What I find, let me see if this was you. When I was younger and I was dating, like in high school, when you thought you were serious, like, <laughs> I didn't even know because you said like you didn't even know like to value yourself or whatever, but I didn't even know that I was supposed to do that. I right. thought, oh, I'm having these butterflies, therefore, and he likes me, he picked me, therefore, I have to date him. Like, did, do you feel like you had that mindset too? Like, oh, well, my vagina is telling me he, I like him, so here we go. Yeah, kind of. And then the, the worst part about that is when you go into it with that mentality of, well, he, uh, my vagina is telling me, and then he's complimentary, and you're convincing yourself that you like him. And if I had just taken five minutes as probably if you did the same, yeah. you would have recognized, wait, like what, what do I like about him? Like, what do I actually even like about this person? Because they don't actually like do much for me. Like they don't really, they're not really that nice. They don't really make that much time for me. Like realistically, there's not much you end up liking about them. You just like the way that you feel being wanted by someone. Absolutely. That's so good. Liking. Yeah. You, I say it as you're just excited to be picked. You get excited. Yeah. A man, when you're younger and you don't know yourself and you haven't either had a coach or a revelation or whatever, you think that a man determines your worth. So especially because you hear that saying like, um, oh, the guys are the hunters. You wait for the guy. So you think that's what that means. And, and it's not necessarily, um, and that's a whole nother conversation because now I want to move on to, um, I heard what you said about yourself being on big brother and then being able to watch yourself. And you said, you realized so many things that were wrong with you. So many. And let's take note that I had already been a certified life coach. I had started my journey. Self-help 
so important to me. I've had my spiritual awakenings, all of all of that. Yeah. But if I really loved myself, truly loved myself going into that, I would have not needed the validation from not just the men, from anyone in the house. Yeah. Therefore, that would not have ruined my relationship outside of the house. Because if I really loved myself anytime, even if I was just locked in a house with 16 people and I didn't have the validation from my friends and my family and my boyfriend and the people around me, if I really loved myself, I wouldn't have needed it from any of these strangers, but I did. And I latched onto those people and was completely blinded by the attention they gave me that I wasn't even paying attention to the game, to the $500,000 win. Like, I mean, I was so obsessed with that and no one needed to tell that to me. The second I walked out of that door, I had a rush of emotions of, oh, wow, wow, wow. This is these, you probably just ruined your relationship because I very much emotionally cheated on my boyfriend when I was in that house because I was getting attention from someone else. And, um, that, that was a really hard thing for me. Like, and it still is to this day. I'm not going to lie. Even though I've had other relationships, the fact that I did that to someone I love so much, like, and it had really nothing to do with him. I dated someone for four and a half years. I loved him so much, but because I didn't love myself enough, I totally fucked up our relationship. Sorry for cursing, but I totally screwed it up. And, um, that's something that I'll always have to live with. I forgive myself for it, but it yeah it it wasn't easy it was not easy but you grew from that right so like literally the biggest growth of my life i will say people thought i was a psycho when i first got off the show and i was i flew back from la to new york i'm sitting in my childhood bedroom sobbing 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 like hysterically crying and my parents were like like we didn't they didn't know what to do with me they were like do we need to bring her somewhere and i'm in the middle of a breakdown and i just start smiling and i'm like i know that i'm a disaster right now but I know that this is also what's going to help me like change the world. And they were just like, all right, psycho and like close the door. And I mean, that was that, but even in the middle of the pain and in the heartbreak, like anytime someone goes through a breakup and they're so sad and this, that, and the next, if you can just acknowledge in that moment that it might not feel good right now, but everything you're experiencing is going to just make you 10 times better, stronger, cooler, and more relatable. You're, you're good. Yeah. If, if you, if you decide to take the lesson, like I, I try to tell um, my clients, especially if they are going through that breakup right when I meet them, I try to t- tell them to ask themselves and journal out, what can I learn from this? What did I not like about that relationship that I never want to allow again? Yeah. Yeah. Do, so when you got out of that situation, do you feel like, especially being a life coach, you had to have asked yourself those questions like, no, I'm going to change the world, but let me figure this out first. What kind of questions did you ask yourself after that? Uh, was well, the main thing that came to me was let's address this validation issue. Where did it start? Where did it begin? Um, how long has this been going back for? Because on the surface, I had always said, I love myself. I mean, I love myself. I'm confident. I have this, that, and the next. But right. I I traced it back. And it's actually really crazy if you want to hear. Yes. But I grew up doing... I, I couldn't believe when I figured this out. I was like, you, Keelan, you are so smart. But it's kind of crazy. I grew up doing musical theater, always on stage, doing all that stuff. And I learned at a very young age that Caitlin, you do something right. Yeah. You're going to get a, you're going to get a clap from the audience. And I felt, I I think honestly, just tracing it back that without the validation, without the clap or anything that would 
convince me that someone else is seeing what I'm doing is right, then if, if that didn't happen, then it wasn't good enough or it wasn't enough because I didn't think it was enough without the clap or the snap or whatever it was. Yeah. So it really just started my whole journey to falling in love with myself, which I thought I always was, but I definitely wasn't. And I'm happy to report that I am very freaking in love with myself now. I mean, it's been a few years later. And of course, we all have moments where we're not. But like, there's a difference between wanting the validation of a partner and needing it. And I needed it in order to feel like I was enough. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's okay to want to be in a relationship or want somebody to like your song or performance or whatever. But to feel like you need that in order for you to keep moving, that's where we get con- we get our wires crossed, right? Like, right. okay, this is not <laughs> good. Right. Um, and I feel you because I the validation for me, um, I used to just believe when guys, because guys would always tell me all the time, you're too much. Like I, I, my ex that took $10,000 from me. Um, yeah, that's a story. Um, he Did you ever get it back? I will say this. Yes, it took him a year. He uh-huh. paid me payments, but I never praise him for that. I don't praise people for doing what's right. Like you don't get, you don't, right. get, you don't get this little praise for the, the credit card company doesn't send you a thank you card for paying them back. Right. Um, he, he did. He did for sure. But I also traced it back to my, my childhood because I would try to serve and change for them. Um, because when I was younger and still now, obviously I have the gift of gab my teachers <laughs> and bless their heart not to throw anybody under the bus nobody knows they're doing this to a seven-year-old but i would hear that all the time rika shut up sit out in the hall go to the principal's office rika be quiet rika shh, shh, shh. so i i found myself trying to morph into whatever the guy wanted me to be so yeah. then i wouldn't be too much i didn't want to be that it, right it makes a lot of sense it makes a lot of sense yeah. Yeah. So now that you, okay. My dog is chewing on his bone right here. Can I have yeah, it? But your dog's so cute. So it's okay. They are, they are, um, precious. So now I want to get to, um, when I was listening to your podcast, the quarter life crisis, you had an episode where you talked about this guy that you were dating. <laughs> and I know, you know where I'm going with this, who you were dating for like, I guess three months or something, but you guys got serious really fast. It was like a COVID romance. Yeah. 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 And for a minute, you did call each other boyfriend and girlfriend. But after that, quickly, he started telling you he could not focus on you and he wanted to focus on his job. Right. Tell a little bit of that story. And then I have some questions that I wrote down to ask you. Sure. So um, on the quarter life crisis podcast, we refer to everyone in nickname. So we're going to call him the founder. That's what he was. He's the founder of a business. So we call him the founder. So the founder and I met on a dating app during COVID very quick, fast romance, totally fell in love very quickly um, ended up living at his place for the month of August in New York City, like flew from LA to New York just to be with him because we were like, let's know now if this is like a good idea. It went beautifully. We were like obsessed with each other. The yeah. second I got back to LA and the second, you know, we both work and, you know, when I was at his place, it was easy because I'd be in one room working, he'd be in the other room working. But at least at the end of the day, we had each other and we can like see each other in, in the middle of calls or in between calls. But now we're a time difference away. 
we're in a separate place and he really is very busy. I'm going to give him that. Like he is out here running a very successful tech company and with COVID has a ton of employees livelihood that he needs to care for. Like I will give him that to that degree. But at the end of the day, you make time for someone that you want to make time for. And in the beginning, when we it was all the romance and this and that, he would call me in between every call he had at the end of the day. I mean, like insanity. And now he's comfortable and we're in love and he's my boyfriend and he, he felt like he didn't need to do that. So once I got back to L.A., we were just arguing all the time. Yeah. For simply the reason that, like, I just wanted to feel loved by him because otherwise I don't need to be in this again because now I love myself enough yeah. to recognize that, like, this is not serving me. Yeah. But also, I did love him. Right. I'm going to pause you there. No, take. Because I want to go back to what made you guys match on this dating app. Were you, like, instantly attracted to him? I don't, I don't know which app it was, so I don't know if you had to reach out to him first, swipe left, right, down, up. I don't know. But yeah. it's... What was the initial connection? Like, why do you think you were drawn to him? Rika, I don't know. And I'm, I say that joke now, too, because his profile was average at best, like yeah. truly average at best on this dating app. It's like an exclusive one, whatever. So your Instagram is attached to it. And he didn't have any posts. Like, it looked like he had just made it just so he could, like, sign up. Like, if anything, he looked a little bit like a catfish, like... But then I like researched his first and last name, which was on there. And I can see he is the founder of this company, X, Y, and Z. But like, he looked cute. I mean, he looked fine. Something in me, I think he messaged me first. We match. And yeah, for whatever reason, I felt this intuitive pull to like hang out with him in the middle of the pandemic. Like, (laughs) Right, because this was August 2020. We're not talking about 2018 or anything. Well, it was June. It was June and I was visiting New York and I was like, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know you and you don't have any pictures and you could be a serial killer, but yes, I am going to leave my parents home, come to your place and stay there for the next day until you can drive me to the airport. I mean, I'd never met the person. We FaceTimed, but that was it. But yeah, I think it was just intuition at that point. Okay. Okay. So now get back to, you get back to LA because you're like, I have to go back to this life that I've built in LA. Um, And then you guys start arguing. So what was the argument about? Is that when he started saying, okay, let's pull back a little bit? Yeah. um, No, we, we, I mean, of course we're normal human beings that we lived with each other for a month. I think we got into like one argument when we were with each other for that month, but nothing like substantial. Um, It was just a lot of me really hoping that he would be around to support me and the upcoming decisions that I had to make. Mm -hmm. I knew that I wanted to move back to New York, given the circumstances of the world. I wanted to be closer to my family. I had a lot of things happening. Defunk Yourself was coming out. There was just a lot going on. And I didn't feel any support from him. I didn't feel like he made the effort to want to speak to me at the end of the day, the beginning of the day, at any point during the day. And I started to speak up and say, these are the things that I need in order for this relationship to work out because I know me and I know that if you don't do this, then I'm going to check out and this is not going to be it. And he didn't, he didn't really fight back. Wow. Wow. So, so that- then I, uh, so then he broke up with me over the phone. And then the next morning I flew back to New York and I showed up in front of his house, which like technically wasn't smart. And I will say my dear friend, Karen Reese, who's an incredible psychic medium. I texted her and her assistant Alexa when I was at 
the terminal saying, hi guys, um, just letting you know, I am flying to New York, even though Joe broke up with me last night, I'm going to show up at his door because I want him to say it to my face. And Karen just wrote back, is there any way you can uh, like not get on the flight? And I was like, why? And she was like, Caitlin, he's going to be really annoyed when you show up. And I was like, no, he's not. He's going to be thrilled. Like, I'm going to show up and like, he'll see the effort that I'm making. And and she's like, I'm telling you right now, this is not going to go out. The second he saw me, he was like, Caitlin, what the fuck? Like, he was not thrilled. But yeah, whatever. Point is, it was not a good situation. Yeah. Well, and he was using the excuse of his company, right? Like, and this is not to throw him under the bus because after we kind of go through this, we will talk about how it was actually a good thing that he said it, but what, what were, what's the wording um, that he would use? Um, Because those watching, I just want you to hear this red flag because as you know, today's topic is never let a guy save you for later. And essentially it sounds like that's what he was trying to do. Yeah. There would be moments where he'd say like, this is just not the time that I can put into this and then i'd say well like what happened in the beginning then because in the beginning you were so and he's like Keelan, things change like on a moment's notice with projects and this that and the next and listen rico like i don't doubt that that's his truth right like i genuinely believe that he doesn't find anything wrong with what he's saying because logistically these are all true things but it, it doesn't need to be true for me like i don't need to to like tolerate that because guess what guess what i was gonna curse again guess what i also run a business it might not be on the scale that you do but like i'm also busy i also have things going on and i'm also i'm putting you first and you're not doing the same right right and so it's good that like did you appreciate that he did say that right like i don't have time and you and I'm proud of you because you made not that you need me to be proud of you, but I'm sure you're proud of yourself as well that you yeah. made the decision to be like, well, then this isn't for me. Bless you, child. Bless you. Yes. Yeah. You- no, I definitely was proud of myself for that, but I think um, it took some adjusting for me to really get there. I don't think I did it the first time that the conversation happened. I think maybe after like the third is when I was like, Caitlin, it's time to wake up here. Um, But I am proud of myself for even getting there eventually. Yeah. Because to me, when you were, when I heard you explain the story first um, and the person that you had on that that podcast that day, we both came to the conclusion, and I think you did too, that he literally was trying to save you for later. Like, can I just put you over here and maybe we can have these privileges of boyfriend and girlfriend, but I'm not going to call you that because I'm making this excuse to just put you over there. But if you would have, okay, if you would have said, okay, I'm just going to stand over here and wait in the wings and gave him all the privileges, he would have never picked you back up. Never. Like guys don't do that. But I also, like I said, I don't want to throw him under the bus to say that he's a bad guy. And and you know better than me be, because I would rather a guy say that. I want to focus on my business and I don't have time to focus on you. I would rather him say that, not to say that it didn't hurt your feelings and it wasn't a struggle to get to the point that you did, but I would rather that because imagine you two years from now being in a relationship where he just is not even adding value to your life. Exactly. And Again, also not bashing him because he is a good guy. And like he, 
he's I that's some of the things I love about or loved about him that he was super motivated and um really making an impact in a lot of different ways with his career and with you know all those things and I did feel there were moments where we were up leveling each other which was great and um with business stuff, sometimes that's hard for me to get past boundaries of like, I don't know how to do this technology and I don't know how to, and he was very good at that. And sometimes it was very difficult for him to center and calm himself down. And we were, we were just very good for each other in that way. Um, but timing is huge and our timings were not compatible at all. Um, because I think we have different priorities at different points in our lives. And I just wasn't the priority for him. And that's okay. Like, I don't need to be his priority. What makes it not okay is if I thought that I had to be. Like, I'm not adjusting myself for you. Yeah. Trying to force him to be what you want him to be. And unfortunately, a lot of us do that, especially like my clients, right? Like, and I'm sure maybe you've seen this as well. So obviously my platform, my whole slogan is singleness is not a punishment and you are worthy regardless of your relationship status. And if you date from that seat, then you will do what you did. When you hear a guy say, you know what? I Because I'm sure he said all the sauce. I love you. You know, I love you, girl. I just need to be focusing on my, I just don't have time because I want to be, you know, whatever, which is we love when we're looking for that validation, we love to hear men say, I love you. I don't know why. Why is that so? Why well, that, that was the worst part about this guy because he wasn't lovey-dovey like that and he's more direct. So yeah. it wasn't like, I love you, this and that. It was like, Caitlin, like, I'm really sorry that like, I can't be what you deserve. Because it was more genuine, honestly, because he's like, I'm I'm incapable of feeling these feelings and doing this. What I do know is that people rely on me to, to feed their children. And like, it yeah. was still, but it was still kind of bullshit at the end of the day. Right, exactly. And you made the right decision for you. And even though you say it took you a couple of weeks or whatever, perfection is not, none of us are ever going to be perfect. I'm just glad that you didn't spend two years in that situation. Thank you. I agree. Yeah, because there's somewhere, there's some woman somewhere waiting for that man to pick her, to hurry up and make her number one. Honey, and if you're watching this, that girl that you've been waiting for two years, save yourself. Choose yourself and save yourself. Because also, what kind of message are you saying to God, the universe, whatever? You're like, this is what I'm deserving of. It's like, no, the second, literally the second that you walk away from that situation, all of the angels and God and the universe are going to look at you and say, yes, sister, yes. And you will be rewarded for that at some point. Yeah. And I had a, so before we went on lockdown, I think one of the last um, speaking engagements that I had was at a church for young women. And this poor sweetheart, she was 16 or 17 and maybe she was 22, but I'm about to be 38. (laughs) So I feel like everybody is like 12. Right. (laughs) But, and she asked me that she was like, what does it mean if a guy says not right now, but he still wants you to like be around him? It's a good question. What does that mean? And I told her, I said, sweetie, don't let him save you for later. Um, And so when I heard your story, it just reminded me of that because if I was 16 or 17 or 22 and I was in that situation, I would want a woman to say that to me because timing is everything. And it's not to say you have to throw him under the bus. You don't have to vilify him. You just listen to what he's saying and you go about your life. 
And if you guys meet up in the future, two years from now, now you're not gonna have that all that pain and resentment. He went on to build whatever he built because, okay, let me ask you this. If he came back to like in a year and was like, okay, I'm settled now. I'm ready to really do this thing with you. How would you feel about that? So hard to answer because I change like monthly <laughs> and I feel like I up level monthly and I grow monthly, weekly, daily. So like I might at that point be so reflected on the situation that I'm realizing things that I don't even realize now of why I don't want to be with him. Um, I don't, I really don't know, but I mean, the fundamentals were there. Like sex was great. The connection was great. I loved his family. He loved mine because of course, who doesn't meet their family after one month of date? Like, what were we thinking? Whatever. Like all of those things were great. We laughed together up leveled, like really like spiritually deep, like got there. Um, so I, I think at his core, those are all bases, but I, I don't know because really will that worth eth- that work ethic ever really change? Like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. And you know, my, my aunt has told me, and I've said this before on this platform that I do need a busy man because of who I am. Like I'm busy as yeah. well. And I cannot stand another puppy. I already have dogs. I don't need enough. And they annoy me when they follow me. I don't need another shadow. God, get no, me more She's so right. Yeah. And so that's annoying. So finding that balance is going to be interesting for me. At, whenever I decide to date again, we're still in a lockdown. I still live in the smallest town ever. So I don't know if that, I'm like, I cannot wait till I get to move to Arizona so I can start testing the waters. But yeah. finding that balance, because I'm sure you want a bit, let's talk about that. What traits do you want in a guy? What are you looking for? Um, I'd say some of my non-negotiables, which I like have an ongoing list. Yeah, me too, girl. Yeah, like it's never ending. But I just want someone passionate about what they are here to do. And I don't care if you are someone that takes trash out in the morning, if you're a janitor in a middle school, I, it doesn't matter what your job is. I just want you to love it so much and feel like you're making a difference because I feel that way about what I do. And I just feel like both of that momentum is probably very special. I've never experienced it, but it sounds cool. Um, And also someone that just like values growing and changing and hearing like someone that's good at communicating and isn't, stubborn i can get stubborn sometimes um not stubborn more of like a justice warrior of like no hear why my point is like so much better than yours um i need someone that like is also good at communicating that way but has a calming presence because like you were always told you're too much i've been told the same so it is nice though when you do have a more calming presence around which i do gravitate towards because they can reel you in a little um Two dominant personalities, I feel like would not would not be good for me. Yeah. And I feel like I like how you explained it. And I've started to in the past year explain it that way as well, because I've always said I want somebody successful or whatever. And I feel like a lot of people think you mean I need somebody who makes two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a minute. Right. And it's not it. You can be the garbage man and not to say that they don't make a lot. They actually, I believe, make six figures. I believe so too. <laughs> yeah, but I just want you to love what you do. Like what I realize is I need to find or I don't really like that word either, find. I, I need want to attract. To- 
yeah, attract. I want God to provide me a man who just loves his life and loves what he does and loves what he who he is. Because with my exes, I have three that I call them the three pillars. Anybody in between that, I have erased from my memory. <laughs> this? Okay, <laughs> that didn't happen. <laughs> um, I don't know if any other. Does anybody else do that? You erase men. You're like, nope, that didn't happen. Yeah, um, for sure. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I realized like none of them liked themselves because they didn't have a purpose. Um, And one of the conversations I had actually with my pastor like three weeks ago on this platform was about finding your purpose before marriage, before getting serious with somebody. Not to say that you can't date or whatever, but you need to know who you are and how much you're valued and loved by God before you try to get into a relationship. And that's man or woman. Yes. You can make less than me if that's okay. Not that I'm making a million dollars a minute either. That's okay as long as you love yourself. Like, because I, a lot of guys, there are some guys out there who are like, if they make less than you, they feel like the scum of this earth, which you shouldn't. I just want you to love yourself. As TD Jake says, I've never met a man who liked himself that beat his wife. Mm. Like, let that settle. Like, if you like yourself, you're not going to abuse me because hurt people yeah. hurt people. So that is one of the traits. Is there another one that you can share? I'm trying to think. I, I feel like this is going to sound shallow, but I also talk about this in Spiritually Single, that it's okay to get shallow about what you're looking for in like your person. Um, I don't know necessarily what my person looks like or traits like that. I just need you to be charming. I just need you to have a charm about you. And when I say charming, I don't even necessarily mean like flirt with me and that stuff. I just want you to be the person that everyone has something nice to say about you. Like you're, you treat people with respect. People feel special when they're around you. I feel like charming people have this ability to make everyone feel important. And that's, that's someone that I would feel really strong standing next to. Someone that has the ability to make other people feel important. I love it. I'm going to read some comments here. Thank you, everybody who's watching. Please share this video, please, um, on your Facebook page. It helps Mark Zuckerberg say, oh, my God, people like Rika and Caitlin. Let's I make just more- can't with the algorithm. I literally cannot. I just. It is so... Social media is the worst because, listen, they're a business and they want to make money. Okay. Um, Jenna says, this is exactly what I'm going through. So I assume, Jenna, you're talking about the story that Caitlin had about the guy that I don't, we didn't want her to let him save her for later. And Jenna is a part of Single You Academy. So she's going to tell us that story on Saturday. Oh, hi, Jenna. Uh, Katie says, um, I feel like Rika needs to be put in touch with Eric from Caitlin's podcast. <sighs> Wait, who is that the guy that I just listened to on your podcast? I don't I remember. Don't, I don't, did you listen to like a really woke guy on my podcast? Yes. Yeah. Then yeah. Yeah. Wait, didn't you like send me something about it? That's it. Oh, I forgot his name was Eric. Look, I forgot his name already. <laughs> yeah. No, he's like, he's a dreamboat. Oh, handsome. Yes. Katie, look at you. I do think he's very handsome. I will say no, that. he's, he's, he's like, stu- it's like, is he really human at this point? It's bizarre. Right, right, right. I love that. Um, okay. So let's go into, um, before we close this out and then I want to talk about your coaching and what you got going on and how people, um, can reach out to you. 
I love to always give, not only tell the stories of the women that I have on my platform and also men as well, but I love to give tips. So let's talk about maybe three things that single women should watch out for when it comes to dating, any dating advice that you have, um, dating in 2021. And you can give as many tips as you want to. It could be one tip. We could talk for 30 more minutes if you want to, but I would just hear some things that you tell maybe your clients and how even you are maneuvering with dating. Cause are you dating or are you like, I'm not even, we're not. Um, so every day I kind of wake up saying not dating, not dating, but I end up dating. But as of like three days ago, I was like, okay, Caitlin, you're done. So I just moved to Brooklyn after being in LA for a while. So um, this last like month and a half, I have been doing some, you know, outdoor dining, that kind of stuff with some guys. I've been entertaining the idea. But one of the biggest things that I'm, I've learned um, in my time now redating is that if you can acknowledge and recognize in the moment, if you are adjusting any part of your personality to like make a guy like you, run away like from yourself like first of all judge yourself but don't actually acknowledge your judgment without judgment like but for sure judge yourself for like steering away from the badass you already are but then actually sit there and say did this person deserve me to like actually go through a multiple personality disorder moment for him no <laughs> that is so good exactly have you experienced that have you ever noticed like what who am I right now? Uh, in every past relationship I've ever had. Okay, great. That, that is why one of my rules is if I cannot be around this male species, whatever, like I am around my guy friends, then what are we doing? Exactly. I could go looking just like this to my boy Tony's house to visit my friend Jesus. Like, I don't care what I look like. I don't right. I, I mean, I brush my teeth and put some deodorant on, you know, Sure. <laughs> but I don't want to do anything extra, anything extra. Now, that doesn't mean I don't want to get dressed up and dressed up and have fun, especially if we're going to go to a nice restaurant or what have you. I'll put on something nice, but I also want to be able to feel comfortable like this with my micro bladed eyebrows as well. Shout out to that. <laughs> Love mine, too. Okay. I just want to be able to look like this and not freak out that you're coming over. Right. Because that means I'm trying to tap dance for you now. And so I watch myself, how I maneuver now around men. Like, what am I doing? Okay. Like I talk to myself a lot in the moment now, instead of like waking up two years later and I don't even know who I am. Like I had to literally go on a whole solo trip in 2017. Right. Figure out who the hell I was. I was like, am I me or am I who they say? I'm so, what is happening? Like, I never want to go through that again, ever. So I absolutely agree with that tip. Please give Show up as yourself. And then also side note for anyone listening, we are in a pandemic and it's very difficult to plan and maneuver dates at this time. Right. I... I'm a very big, and for anyone that knows me, that's watching, that listens in the future, I am like 
queen of the FaceTime. I barely text. I barely have a phone call. If I need to ask someone something, I mean, my face is this close. And I'm like, hey, what's up? Like, I am always on FaceTime. And if you think for a minute that I'm not utilizing the shit out of this because it's COVID, I vet everyone I date via FaceTime before I go to dinner or drinks or whatever it is with them. Because one, I'm not going to waste my time and potentially get COVID-19 getting a drink with you. And then I realized I didn't even like you. Like this was the worst conversation. And like, we also aren't compatible. So I always say like, like, are you busy tomorrow night? Like at this time, like, um, that's like usually when I have a glass of wine, like, let's just like FaceTime. And nine times out of 10, they're like, Oh, sick. Yeah. Same. Like, let's do that. Um, And then if you want to take it a step further, guys, come up with like an excuse as to why, like you can be like, yeah, like from eight to nine, I'm actually, or from eight to eight 30, I'm totally free. But then I'm like guesting on a podcast after. So like, even if you're not, I, I encourage lying in the sense. So you have like an out. So it's like not that awkward. And you could just like get out of there. Like if it sucks, like there's just a lot of ways around it guys. A lot. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm a <laughs> I love that. And it's so true. I don't want to, I think they believe that millennials, right? Or millennials that they just like texting and Instagramming. I don't even want to give a guy my Instagram. Like if I meet you in real life, I'm not going to be like, okay. Cause I think we used to do that like five years ago. Like, oh, my Instagram is, Mm-mm. I don't even want that anymore. I'm so with you with and if they don't have, a, I have an iPhone. So if they don't have an iPhone, guess what? Facebook Messenger, they have video. So use it. I totally agree with that because we are in a pandemic. And just like you said, why would I risk getting COVID to go meet up with you? Guy, I don't know. And then also the other thing is because, and again, my friends and family know this because I value FaceTime so much. Yeah. If they don't want to do that. And if they find that weird or whatever the case may be, because it's not for everyone, but if they don't vibe with that, then we're not meant to be. Like, I am the queen of FaceTime. Like, so great. We've all dodged a bullet here. Let's go home. Like, we're done. We're done. And that's about seeing if this person matches what you are. Like, Ayanna Van Zandt says this uh, quote, and I use this all the time. I'm a quote hoarder, by the way. I think everybody on my platform knows that, but I have quote. I love quotes because they make so much sense to me. And as you know, words are powerful. But Ayana always says, you cannot tell people how to love you. Like that's a, you see how they are loving. And then you get to decide if you want to be a part of that or not. Yes. So if FaceTime is important to you and he doesn't want to, then you go, okay, he's not for me. It doesn't make him a bad guy. You don't, I don't have need to, to change him. Out. Yeah. Trying to force somebody into your box is ridiculous. It's just as ridiculous of you trying to fit into their box. It's ridiculous. Like, we're supposed to do this life thing together. You're supposed to be my person, as they say on Grey's Anatomy or whatever. I shouldn't be trying to fit into something then because that's not going to last. You will be miserable. Both right. of you. So ask the questions. Set your boundaries. If they push or don't want to do, then you walk away as I drop my pen and throw it. No hard No, but it's like that was the perfect symbol symbolism. Exactly. You just drop it and walk away. Exactly. So I want to talk about your um, coaching and I'm actually going to pull up your beautifully done website. Really? I feel like my website's a piece of garbage. 
Really? Look at you. You're so cute. Oh, oh my God. The times where I blow out my hair and put on an eyeliner. I know, right? When we went outside in public. So I want to talk about your coaching. Please. So my coaching, I offer one-on-one private sessions with people. And I understand that that's not um, that achievable for a lot of people, especially because we are in a pandemic and there's financial struggle and burden and this and that. But I do offer very special discounts for new members, like new clients of mine just for a month. And within a month, you get five coaching sessions. They're 60 minutes each, private one-on-one. You have access to my phone number. I essentially, you're essentially just paying me to become your best friend. Just kidding. But like, honestly, that's usually how it ends up turning out, unfortunately. But for someone that can't afford something like private one-on-one coaching, I do have a digital course out called Defunk Yourself. And this is a course that I actually created when I began my spiritual journey prior to be um, prior to moving to LA, this is something that I taught throughout Long Island and I totally forgot about it. I put it on the woodwork. And once I got off big brother and was experiencing the depression of a lifetime, I was like, I just woke up in the middle of the night one day and had this thought in my head of like, maybe go back to the words that you have said and you have written. So it took me a very long time after big brother to have the courage to release this course that I had created personally for myself. But With the pandemic, I felt like this was something that people would enjoy. So for $25, you have 50 plus pages. You have audio meditations. There's journaling prompts. There's a ton of different stuff. And you do have the option for one-on-one coaching within the Defunk Yourself program. But again, if you're not someone that can afford that, I do just think that you should get the course. It's wonderful. It's great. And then go to my Instagram. I do release um, spots for a five-week program I do called Spiritually Single, which is a group coaching session for women looking to find inner and outer love. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, all right. Well, I want to thank you, uh, Caitlin, for showing up, for keeping your word, for wanting to be, not that I thought that you wouldn't, but for basically just <laughs> to have this conversation because I know sometimes they talk about your like missteps and men and stuff can be embarrassing. Um, so I appreciate you sharing. <laughs> yeah, like, I know you don't care. Right? <laughs> no, I appreciate you. And obviously like I feel that I reached out to you through some sort of intuitive draw and I love what you do. And I hope that, you know, we have more opportunities to work together in the future and let's just like build each other up, girl. Exactly. And once the world is open back up, I'm coming to New York. My one of my best friend, Carla, she lives in New York. She went to Howard with me and she I think, well, you live in Brooklyn. I think she lives in the Bronx, though. Close enough. Right. I mean, same, you know, <laughs> it's different bureau, but come on, it's probably like same stuff. Yeah, we will hit the town. Right. Exactly. So um, and I'll invite Eric, even though he lives yeah. in L.A. <laughs> I know. I he is a very and he has his he has his it seems like he has his stuff together. Um so as you know, my platform is um encouraging women. Um singleness is not a punishment. I help women discover their worth so that they can stop tying their worth and identity to men. Before I let you go, but I wanted to see if you had anything else coming up for you that you wanted to share for a woman who's single and struggling in that. She doesn't yeah. like it, she's lonely, she hates it. Uh, and my aunt Latanya said she's listening with my baby cousin Bashdai. Hey Bashdai. 
Oh, hi. That's my baby, uh, my little twin, even though she's not my child. It's so weird. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so is there any like last minute encouraging um, words that you could give to that woman listening right now? Yeah, I just think that, first of all, give yourself some grace because life is tough. Life is really, really hard. And just your ability to wake up and get out of bed is a really big deal. And you should be very proud of yourself. But please remember that what is for you will always be for you. So you can't mess anything up. So if you're in your head thinking about what I said to that guy and now he ghosted me or the boyfriend that you lost or this or that, whatever is meant to be for you is going to be regardless. You can't mess up. That's the beauty of life. You literally can't mess up. That's all. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you for that. And I'm going to let you go because I know it's late in New York City. I know. I'm like, I got to go to bed. But I love you guys. Rika, I will share this. Um, yeah. Love you guys. Yeah, Thanks for having me. Right. Once I get it up, um, I'm, I'm going to take the video down, chop it up. I'll put it on the podcast next week and I'll send all that to you. And wow. yes, I would love it if you um, definitely shared and tagged. So I will. Soon. Talk soon. Talk soon. Bye. 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 Oh, uh, my God. <laughs> That was a good episode. I, as always, I hope you bring a notebook to single you the podcast. I do that with intention. I am here to teach you with intention. I'm here to guide you with intention as much as I can on a podcast. But I truly believe that the real work happens between you and a coach, whatever that looks like for you. It doesn't have to be me, but this is what I do, right? I help women discover their worth so that they can stop tying their worth and identity to men and stop being a man pleaser. And I believe I best do that when I have a coaching relationship with you. So in the bucket of being single and dating, I wanna see if this is where you lie. I have three scenarios for you, A, B, and C. So are you A, right now you're in a relationship and you know deep down it is not healthy. You ask yourself often, am I settling? Like, is this okay? You just need like a more in-depth look and unbiased information about what makes a healthy relationship because nobody had the conversation with you about what makes a healthy relationship versus an unhealthy relationship. So that's A, are you A? Or are you B, you've been single for years and you never really put relationships first in your life. You would like to change that though, but first you want to work on yourself. You just don't know where to start and you'd also like to know how to dodge the men who are players sooner rather than later, right? If you haven't dated for a while, I don't want you to waste two years of your life with a man who is not for you. So again, nobody had these conversations with you about what makes a healthy relationship versus unhealthy relationship. So I totally understand the hesitation and the being single for many, many years. So are you B? Or how about C? You're such a good woman, aren't you? And even though you gave your all to men or a man, maybe there's one man you're, you're thinking of in particular right now. You gave your all to him, but you were burned. And now, before you ever date again, you want to discover your worth. You want a real, true self-love journey. You want to find yourself, your happiness, and your joy again. <laughs> what are you, girl, A, B, or C, or maybe a combination of all three? Well, guess what? I can help you. In Single You Academy, the doors close tonight 
at 11.59 p.m. Don't let this pass you up because what is it costing you to not take not being in a dysfunctional relationship seriously, right? Like, I know that you want a healthy relationship. If I asked you what kind of relationship do you want, you would say healthy. But how do you get there if you don't have the tools, the education, the knowledge? You know, the Bible talks about that. My people perish from lack of knowledge. And that's in every bucket. So with this situation, dating and being single and being in dysfunctional relationships, the reason why you're in that revolving door is because you lack knowledge, which is giving you a weak mind. If you don't have knowledge, your mind is weak and you're making terrible decisions, often not even having knowledge, just going off your feelings. And I don't want to be alone and I don't want to be single and I want to date. And that's what people do. I want to give you a strong mind. Okay. I want to gift you that, but you have to take the first step because I don't know who you are. Where are you, girl? Singleness is not a punishment. And if you feel that you need coaching and you need that extra step to get you to the mindset of knowing your worth and that you are worthy regardless of your relationship status. That's what I give you, a mindset and iron sharpens iron. So this is what you can do if you're like, yes, Rika, okay, how do I join? How do I join? (laughs) I got you. Single U Academy doors close tonight at 11.59 p.m. Seattle time. I'm on the West Coast, okay? And so what you can do right now is click the link in the bio to join single you academy you'll get more information and i will also put my master class up there that i did that explained more about single you academy so you can either join single you academy right now by going to the show notes and clicking on group or one-on-one coaching or you can watch the master class first and then join single you academy but don't you forget you only have until 11:59 p.m seattle time i'm on the west coast All right. If you have any questions, you can also hit me up on Instagram. The link will be in the show notes as well. But I am just me, Rika. Whenever you are ready to take the next step in knowing exactly who you are, I am ready for you. All right. Thank you so much for listening to Single You, the podcast. I'm your host, Rika, the single girl's life coach. And I'll talk to you next week.